Our opening words this morning are a responsive piece, so I invite you, if you wish, to join in with the refrain, we travel this road together. From the busyness of every day, we gather once a week to remember who we are, to dream of who we might become. We travel this road together. As companions on this journey, we share the milestones we meet along the way. Individual moments of joy and sorrow become shared moments of comfort and celebration. We travel this road together. We share this journey across differences of belief and opinion because we value diversity and because we care for one another. We travel this road together. Through times of trial and turbulence, we contribute as best we can, showing up and supporting each other's efforts as we work to fulfill our mission. We travel this road together. We are strengthened by those values that we share, called onwards by the vision of a better world for all. We travel this road together. Today, as we take the next steps, let us notice our fellow travellers, the burdens that they carry, the songs that inspire their hearts. We travel this road together. As we gather in beloved community, let us open the holy havens of our hearts. Let us share the sacred places of our souls, for we are pilgrims who share a common path. We travel this road together. These opening words based on some by Tess Baumberg welcome all those who are gathered here for our Sunday service. Welcome to those who have gathered in person and those who are joining via Zoom from far and wide. We're glad to have you with us, whether this is your first time or whether you've been part of the furniture for years and years. If we've not previously met, my name is Jane Blackhall. I'm Ministry Coordinator with Kensington Unitarians. Whoever you are, however you are, wherever you are, I hope you find something of what you most need this day. Today's service is on the theme of spiritual direction. We're going to be considering firstly the formal practice of spiritual direction, that is working with a spiritual director, someone who supports you in your attempts to learn and grow spiritually, to deepen your prayer life and your relationship with God, to tune into the movements of the spirit in your life and where it might be leading you. But we're also going to consider spiritual direction in a much broader sense. If each of us is on our own spiritual journey as we make our way through life, how might we best discern our own path's direction? And if we've got some sense of where it is we're meant to be going, then how we might faithfully stick to this calling. But before we get into all that, let us take a moment to breathe. With a conscious breath or two, we can ground ourselves in the present moment. Perhaps let's shake off anything we don't need to be clinging on to for the next hour or so. You might want to scrunch up your shoulders and let them go. We've all set this time aside to tune in to matters of the spirit, to reconnect with this, our religious community. We are kindred pilgrim souls traveling side by side on this spiritual journey through life and all its many unexpected twists and turns. And we make this hour sacred with our presence and intention. I'm going to light our chalice flame now as I do each time we gather. It's a simple ritual that connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over, and it reminds us of the proudly progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is part.
the lighting of this chalice calls us to attention as we focus on its flickering light for just a moment. Let us recall the collective intention that it represents to make this a safer, softer, kinder space, a place for sacred sharing in which we can each reconnect with life's depths and our highest aspirations. A community of solidarity and trust to nurture and strengthen us for the days of our lives. May this little candle be a beacon that lights the way, guiding us through uncertain times and inspiring each of us to paths of peace, justice and love. Let's sing together now. Um, our first hymn is Be Thou My Vision, number 151 in the Green Hymn Book. If you're in the building, the words will be up on your screen if you're joining via Zoom. It's a beautiful traditional hymn um, in keeping with our theme today. It's a prayer to be guided by God, whatever we understand God to be, through the journey of life. Um, we are few in number, but let's sing up as best we can. Stand and sit as you prefer as we sing Be Thou My Vision. Let's take all those joys and concerns, both spoken and unspoken, into an extended time of prayer now.
this is based on some words by a, a Unitarian minister some years ago, Harry Lismer Shaw. They're quite old fashioned perhaps, but they're quite profound. So as we move into prayer, you might want to adjust your position for comfort. You might want to close your eyes or put the candles. There might be some sort of posture that helps you to feel more prayerful. Whatever helps you get into the right state of body and mind for us to pray together now, to be fully present in this sacred time and space with ourselves, each other, and that which lies within us and beyond us. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being. We turn our attention to you, the light within and without. As we tune into the depths of this life and the greater wisdom to which and through which we are all connected. Be with us now as we allow ourselves to drop into the silence and the stillness at the very centre of our being. God, you are ever calling us to live truly towards you and towards all those fellow human beings with whom we share this earth, our home. There is something in the natural world, in its beauty, its stirring life, its onward flowing time, which moves our hearts. There is the call of duty and of human need of friendship and companionship, which forbids us to take a selfish ease. There is a stirring within our own hearts, a desire for goodness, a hatred of wrongdoing, a plea that we may be of service to a greater cause. All summon us to do the best that we can with the lives we've been given. Give us the power to respond to this calling. Cleanse our hearts. Clarify our moral sense. Prevent us from excuses and subterfuge. For here is a world which needs us, each in our place. Each of us a unique individual, so that no one else can do the work which has been entrusted to us. Let us know that we are enough just as we are and give us some happiness in our onward striving. We look out on a troubled world where there are so many fears and dangers. In great affairs, perhaps we can do little, but we do not know how much we may contribute through our faithfulness in small things. Help us to be among those who lift up and sustain. We hold out hands of friendship and solidarity to all peoples of the world and pray that if any opportunity for good comes to us, we may not be found wanting. Spirit of life, God of all love, we offer ourselves, our lives to you with all their imperfection and messiness and pray that we may be used for good. And in a few quiet moments now, let us each look back over the week just gone and take stock of it all. 
the many everyday cares and concerns of our own lives and all those concentric circles that ripple outwards till they enfold the entire world and all those lives which touch our own. Let us take a little while to sit quietly in prayer with anything that weighs on our hearts this day. Let us also take some time to notice all the good that's happened in this past week. Moments of uplift and delight, beauty and pleasure, all those acts of generosity and kindness, the hopes and dreams and possibilities that are bubbling up and reminding us that we are alive. There's still stuff to be grateful for. So let's take a little longer to sit quietly in prayer and give thanks. Spirit of life, God of all love, as this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness. And we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward now to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. Time to sing again. Our next hymn is Blessed Spirit of My Life. If you're here in person, it's on your little hymn sheet in the order of service. And the words will be up on, on your screen at home. I'm more confident that they're the right words this time. Um, feel free to stand or sit as you prefer. Blessed Spirit of My Life.
What is spiritual direction? Excerpts adapted by John R. Mabry. What is spiritual direction? There isn't just one answer to this question, and any answer I could give would be incomplete. A poetic answer might be two souls basking in divine presence. A clinical answer might be, it's a helping profession in which the director assists the client or directee in their spiritual flourishing. A theological answer might be, one beggar showing another beggar where to find bread. This was Martin Luther's definition of ministry in general. But for the purposes of this book, for those wondering about spiritual direction, I'm going to say, in spiritual direction, two or more seekers enter sacred space to dream, to explore, and discern a path toward personal wholeness and deeper intimacy with the divine. Usually this journey is a one-to-one -one meeting with one seeker acting in service to the other. Often they speak, often they don't. Along the way, they talk about just about everything that happens in life, work, play, relationships, personal struggles, but always the conversation comes back to a central question. How is the divine wooing us? calling us into deeper and deeper intimacy. As we go deeper in spiritual direction, <clears throat> more questions emerge. What is the divine up to in all our daily ups and downs? How is the divine moving and nudging and forming us through both our triumphs and our defeats? How do we resist the divine call? How does the divine push us beyond our comfort zones? What does it require of us? What is it calling us to? In what ways are we out of congruence with the deepest truth of our souls, with this divine calling? And how does this limit us? How can we move into deep places of interior freedom that are transformative and healing and liberating, not only for us, but for the world. Those are big questions. Spiritual direction is often the only place that many of us have to deeply explore such questions, witnessed by another soul without judgment or condescension. Spiritual direction is also a place to work through big decisions in our lives where we can consider which choices are more in congruence with our soul, with our deepest longings, and with the sacred covenants we have made. A word that is very important in the spiritual direction community is discernment. Whether we are discerning how the divine is showing up in our lives or discerning life changes, large or small, discernment is a primary focus in spiritual direction. People of many faiths and none 
are discovering that spiritual direction is a helpful ministry for them. Most commonly, people come to direction because they want to grow closer to the divine. They want a richer, more fulfilling spiritual life, or they want support as they deepen their spiritual practice. Spiritual direction can meet us where we are at, and it can continue to support us as we change and grow spiritually. So maybe this practice could be of value to you. Thanks, Sonia. So we're going to move into a time of meditation now. I'm going to share a poem by Lynn Unger called The Path. Um, it plays with a familiar metaphor of life as a journey, a journey on which we might seek direction when we're discerning which way to turn next, which trail we should follow onwards. The poem is going to take us into a good few minutes of shared silence, which will end with the sound of a bell. And then we're going to hear some beautiful meditation music from Abby and Peter. So again, let's each do what we need to do to get comfortable. You might want to put down anything you don't need to be holding. You might want to get your feet flat on the floor. Whatever it takes to ground and steady yourself. As I always say, the music, the words, they're all just an offering. Use this time to meditate in your own way as you'd like. So this is The Path by Lynn Unger. Life, the saying goes, is a journey. And who could argue with that? We've all experienced the surprising turns, the nearly impassable swamp, the meadow of flowers that turned out not to be quite so blissful and benign as we first thought. The crest of the hill where the road smoothed out and sloped toward home. Our job, we say, is to remain faithful to the path before us, which is an assumption as common as it is absurd. Really? Look ahead. What do you see? If there is a path marked out in front of you, it was almost certainly laid down for someone else. The path only unfolds behind us, our steps themselves laying down the road. You can look back and see the sign points, the ones you followed and the ones you missed, but there are no markers for what lies ahead. You can tell the story of how you forded the stream or got lost on the shortcut that wasn't, how you trekked your way to courage or a heart, but all of that comes after the fact. There is no road ahead. There is only the walking, the tales we weave of our adventures and the songs we sing to call our companions on.
Beautiful. Thank you. So I wonder how many of us gathered here this morning, whether in person or on Zoom, how many of us are already familiar with the practice of spiritual direction? Perhaps it's a completely new concept to some, maybe for others it's something you'd heard of but only had a vague sense of what it's all about. Um, I know at least of a few who are either seeing spiritual directors now or who have done at some point in the past. I can't quite remember when I first came across the idea, but I think it was when I heard of a fellow Unitarian going through the training to become a spiritual director probably about a decade ago. I remember thinking, oh, that sounds cool, and then thinking, I actually have no idea what that is, and having to go and look it up. It just sounded like a cool name. Our first reading by John Mabry, which Sonia gave for us earlier, helps to explain what it is. Um, that piece was from a book titled Starting Spiritual Direction, which was aimed at people who are curious about the possibility of giving it a go, but similarly don't know what it is. Among the various definitions he gives this pretty prosaic one is spiritual direction is a helping profession in which the director assists the client or directee in their spiritual flourishing from the outside it looks pretty much like therapy or counseling um, the director and the directee meet regularly though typically not as regularly as with a therapist or a counselor typically once every four to six weeks the director listens more than they speak and the directee shares about the goings-on of their life the key difference between that and therapy is the explicitly spiritual focus and framing of the process. Some people, including many spiritual directors, um, don't necessarily like the name spiritual direction. They feel that the term direction can be a bit misleading because in most cases it's not particularly directive. I mean, the director, director is not a guru telling you what to do with your life, but there, there might be some gentle nudging. And if you actively want more input from them, spiritual directors will usually be willing to suggest some practices to try or some further reading to look at. I quite like the definition from Liz Bud Elman uh, that's on the front of your order of service if you're in the building. And if you're at home, it's with the rest of the text uh, on the church website. I think Janine's put a link in the text box. Liz Bud Elman says, spiritual direction is a process of accompanying people on a spiritual journey and helping them to grow closer to God or the sacred or the holy or a higher power. Gradually, as you contemplate, you may begin to recognize God's presence and grace in your life. Spiritual direction helps people learn how to live in peace with compassion, promoting justice and as humble servants of that which lies beyond all names. Words by Liz Bud Elman. There are a number of things I appreciate about that definition, but one of them is that it's quite broad, and I think it's one you might be able to relate to uh, to some degree, even if you're not particularly happy with God language. I think that last bit in particular chimes pretty well with what it is we're trying to do here as a congregation, recognising grace in our lives, and learning how to live in peace with compassion, promoting justice as humble servants of that which lies beyond all names. Now, at this point, I should fess up. For those who don't already know, I trained as a spiritual director a few years ago. Please reassure, reassure yourself, I'm not touting for business. Um, we're not supposed to work with people we already know in any other context, which basically means I can't direct any Unitarians because I know them all. Um, the reason I mention this is that I was trained uh, by and trained alongside 
Christians of various stripes, Anglicans, Baptists, Methodists, Quakers, a few, quite a few evangelicals. And it was reassuring to discover quite how much we had in common in terms of our lives, our values and our respective spiritual journeys. Even if the details of our faiths differed, differed quite a lot in some cases, in terms of our preferred language, uh, rituals and traditions, there was a huge amount we could learn from each other. And we all had to do a bit of translation each way uh, while we spent three years practicing the process of spiritual direction on each other across those denominational gaps. So if you're someone who tends to switch off at the first hint of God language, I encourage you to reconsider. Hang on in there and see if you can do that in a translation to make it work for you. Because this process of spiritual direction and the principles that underlie it, they can have value for anyone who sees the value in reflecting on their life in the light of some kind of deeper purpose. The value of, as Liz Bud Elman says, recognizing grace in our lives and learning how to live in peace with compassion, promoting justice as humble servants of that which lies beyond all names. And even if that phrase doesn't grab you, there might be another way of articulating what it is that you would like your one wild and precious life to be spent on, what it is that is most meaningful to you. The process of spiritual direction can help you to focus on that and its implications for your life and how you live it. Now, having said that, I'm not trying to make the case for you all going out and signing up with spiritual directors. I'm not on commission, um, but if it is a thing you would like to try, I can make a few suggestions as to where you might start looking for someone suitable to work with. The point of the service is more to draw out a few insights from the formal practice of spiritual direction, which might be more broadly applicable. Although working one-to-one -one is really valuable, there are also things we can do by ourselves, or indeed things we can do in a community like this when we gather to reflect spiritually in small groups. When someone meets with their spiritual director once a month or so to look at their life as it unfolds, to consider the path that they're on, the turns they're taking, perhaps decisions that lie ahead, there are some big questions. I've written that with a big B and a big Q. There are some big questions that are always there in the background. And it's the job of the director to keep drawing your attention back to these underlying questions and noticing how they relate to the story of your life as you're telling it and the real world matters that you're wrestling with in all your everyday concerns. If God language works for you, then these questions might be something like, how are you and God doing right now? As in, what's the state of your relationship with God? Or how's your prayer life at the moment? Or do you sense that God is saying anything to you at this time? Or where have you detected God's presence at work in your life? If God language doesn't work for you, the underlying questions might be something more like, what is making you feel most alive right now? Or how is the life you are living in tune with your deepest values and your sense of purpose and calling? Or what do you sense you're being called to do with your one wild and precious life? On the spiritual journey, it helps to have some kind of consistent reference point, some north star to guide us as we go along so that we can check we're on track with where we're meant to be, or at least where we aspire to be. It helps us to discern what our next faithful step along the way might be. 
Now, for many of the people I trained with and people who I work with now, they're firmly situated in the Christian tradition. And so their reference point or North Star is pretty clear. The model for life is the person of Jesus, or perhaps more mystically, the cosmic Christ. Their aim is to deepen their relationship with God. For many mainstream Christians, the work of spiritual direction is about discipleship and how to live their life in a way that embodies their religious commitment to follow Jesus's teachings and example. Even if you do have such a clear starting point as that, though, there's still a huge amount of discernment that you need to do to work out what that means in practice, what the implications are for your day-to-day -day life cho choices in a complex and yeah. messy world. And if you're not Christian or not straightforwardly Christian, you might have to do a bit more preparatory work and discernment to identify what your spiritual reference point or your North Star is in the first place. Perhaps you have an inner gang of saints and exemplars, historical and mythical figures who symbolize what is of ultimate worth for you, who remind you of the highest good in this life, who serve as an inspiration for your own spiritual journey. Or maybe your touchstones are more abstract than that, philosophical virtues and values that you want to uphold. Or perhaps it's something more concrete. Perhaps you have a really strong sense of calling as to what contribution you are meant to be making to humanity during your all too brief span on this earth. Whatever your North Star is, it's helpful to articulate it, if only to yourself, and touch base with that North Star often. You might find it will help you find your way on this messy and complicated journey of life whether that's with the help and support of a professional spiritual director or by yourself or in community. Perhaps you could put a date in your diary once a month to check in with yourself and with God to come back some of those big questions about life and reflect on your own spiritual direction. How are you and God doing? What is your calling? Are you living in tune with your values? Where is the spirit at work in your daily life? What is making you feel most alive right now? To close, I just want to offer one more echo of those words from Liz Bud Elman, her description of spiritual direction, but remixed and reframed as a blessing for all of us in this journey of life. We are people on a spiritual journey. May we be good traveling companions to each other. As we wend our way on this path, may we grow ever closer to God, to spirit, and may we become ever more attuned to the sacred depths of this life that we share. May we recognize God's grace and goodness in each day we're given. And may we learn how to live in peace, with compassion, promoting justice as humble servants of that which lies beyond all names. May it be so for the greater good of all. Amen. One more hymn. Um, this is one that speaks of finding God, however we understand God, in all the stuff of our everyday lives. It's number 235 in your green hymn books, A Melody of Love. Again, feel free to sit or stand as you prefer as we sing.
Just a few announcements then. Um, thanks to Ramon, Ramona for tech hosting, for Janine for co-hosting at home. Thanks to Abby and Peter for gorgeous music today. Thanks to Sonia for doing a splendid job of our reading. And for those of you that are here in person, Patricia will be offering uh, refreshments in the hall after the service. I made ginger cake this week. Um, just saying. <laughs> There'll be virtual coffee uh, on Zoom with Janine afterwards if you want to stay behind and chat. I still haven't worked out how to email cake. I'm sorry. We've got various small group activities going on during the week to meet up. There are spaces left for Heart and Soul tonight or on Friday at seven o'clock. This is our contemplative spiritual gathering. It's a really good way to get to know people better. Uh, this week's theme is the long game. Coffee mornings on nine and a half, ten on Wednesday if you want to just drop in and set the world to rights with a handful of us. And apologies if you were expecting a singing class today. Uh, Margaret's been poorly and hasn't got a voice to sing with. So we've cancelled that. But all being well, she'll be back on the third Sunday of next month. Our service next Sunday will be another hybrid service. And it will be led by my dear friend, Michael Allurid, uh, Minister with Golders Green Unitarians, on the theme of restful resolutions. Um, details of that and all our other events are on the back of the order of service and also in the Friday email. And also in the email this week, you'll have seen another reminder that if you consider yourself to be a member of the congregation, we need you to confirm your membership via the Google form. The vast, vast majority of regulars have already done this. Thank you. If you filled in the Google form at all in the last six months, you're already on the list and you don't need to do it again. This is just us trying to make sure that everyone who thinks they're a member is officially on the record, ready for any voting that might be occurring in congregational and denominational matters in the months ahead. This congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings. We encourage you to keep in touch and look out for each other. Let's do what we can to nurture mutually supportive connections. I think that's everything. Just time for our closing words and closing music now. Blessed is the path on which you travel. Blessed is the body that carries you upon it. Blessed is your heart that has heard the call. Blessed is your mind that discerns the way. Blessed is the gift you will receive by going. And truly blessed is the gift that you will become on the journey. May you go forth with courage and in peace to meet the days to come. Amen.